Welcome to my podcast. I am your host, Evan Makofsky, and it is my pleasure to have on this episode, Evan Green. He's the chief business officer at ARIA. He's the former chief marketing officer at the Recording Academy, AKA the Grammys. And he's also the co-founder of Three Emerald Marketing. Evan, you have so many titles, but I have one question. How are you today? <laughs> hey, Evan, I'm great. Thank you for, uh, thank you for the invite. Well, I appreciate you making the time, Evan. After an accomplished career in music and entertainment, you made a pivot towards technology and entrepreneurship. You co-founded a strategic marketing agency and also joined a media and technology startup, ARIA, as chief business officers. For starters, what is the ARIA network? It seems to be a pretty sophisticated company focusing on two of today's most exciting growth areas, augmented reality and NFT. Your website says that Aria is the most disruptive augmented reality in existence. Can you simplify Aria for our listeners? Yeah, I, I think um, just in, in layman's terms, Aria is an extraordinary young company with designs on concurrently disrupting two massive growth areas, and those are the world of AR and the NFT marketplace. If you were to describe your role at ARIA as chief business officer, whether it's day-to-day -day duties, whether every day is different, what are you doing? The role that I currently have as CBO of ARIA really has two distinct areas of focus. The first is in the short term. The short term is more tactical, where I'm helping drive current deal flow and business through the ARIA pipeline. And on a longer term uh, basis, it, that's where we get more strategic and where, where planning and mapping start to come into play, where I'm building the dynamic strategy for continued growth and scaling of this company. Speaking of strategic growth, Evan, what is the key growth priorities for ARIA as we close out 2021? Well, we currently have several massive AR deployments that we're planning with some of the biggest names in retail and location-based engagement. We've also built exclusive partnerships with some of the top, most valuable IP on the planet, and we'll be standing up an entirely new level of NFTs on the ARIA exchange that represents a new paradigm in creativity, engagement, and talent involvement. If I were to ask you for people who don't know, who are listening, what an NFT is, can you describe it in layman's terms? In layman's terms, based on the revolution of blockchain technology, we now for the first time have the ability to verify provenance and ownership of digital assets in a way that we've never had the capabilities to do previously. And so the thing that is that the market is currently really excited about is how this translates to the collectible space. It used to be you would have a physical item that you collected and that item could either, the value could stay the same, go down, or go up. But you had the physical item. 
Now with the blending of the digital and the physical worlds in the metaverse, digital ownership of digital assets follows the same paradigm, meaning that I can now buy a digital asset and that digital asset, the provenance and ownership of that digital asset can be verified, authenticated and tracked directly to me. And I have the opportunity to hold it, to sell it, to share it, but I ultimately own it until I dispose of it or sell it or trade it to someone else. And all of those transactions are now perfectly captured using blockchain technology, like I said, in a way that, that we've never had the opportunity to do previously. After 16 years, Evan, as the chief marketing officer of the Recording Academy and the Grammys, what was the motivation to leave the comfort and let's be honest, that's a big job and security of a bi-weekly paycheck to explore other opportunities, including launching a marketing strategy company and immersing yourself in this next level technology that you just explained. Well, prior to being at the Recording Academy and being the, having responsibility over the Grammy brand, I spent a number of years in feature film marketing. So given my years in movie marketing with some of the biggest films in Hollywood and 16 years as the chief brand steward of the Grammy brand, this provided a really unique window into pop culture and culture in a more broad sense. And I had gotten to the point in my career that I knew that there was another meaningful chapter in this journey. And I found myself drawn to areas that I'm really passionate about. We didn't discuss this before, and maybe you don't have something off the top of your head, but during your 16 years, basically running the Grammys, do you have a story or two or just a short little anecdote that our listeners would appreciate maybe involving a snafu, an artist, an experience, something that happened around the Grammys with somebody who maybe have won a Grammy, listeners might be familiar with. When you ask a question like that, I'm not immediately drawn to challenges or problems that I've had. But I can tell you that, you know, being on the film side for a number of years and being on the music side for a whole lot of years, I've been very fortunate and blessed to be able to be at, at a number of big, high-profile, unique events, whether they're movie sets or concerts or shows or what have you. But I have to say, one of the coolest things that I had the opportunity to experience is being in Staples Center when it was virtually empty. Crypto.com crypto Center, they just changed it right, two days right, ago. <laughs> As of 36 hours ago, um, it was Staples Center. Now it's Crypto.com Center. Right. But being on the floor of a virtually empty arena, sitting next to some of the biggest stars in the world, like a Paul McCartney or a whoever, as some of the biggest artists on the planet are on stage rehearsing their Grammy performances and working out all the blocking and all of the, the stagecraft that they will deliver to hundreds of millions of people a mere few days from now. So being 
in that arena, being on the floor in a very casual environment with enormous artists who either just came off stage or are about to take stage and watching these extraordinary performers and musicians as they finalize and put their performances together that they're going to unleash on the world, which some of the greatest musical performances of all time have happened on the Grammy stage. And being able to be in that kind of a intimate environment, something that I always remember. This was a little bit of a side question, but in the late 80s, Millie Vanilli won Grammys. They were, it was taken away from them. That whole situation and going through that, and we don't have to get into the ins and the outs. They were lip syncing their music. It was very good music. It's a sad story, but you did, never had to deal with that was before you stepped in. You never had to deal with the marketing of them losing their Grammys or any of that kind of a situation, did you? No, that was that was my that was that was well before my time. Uh -huh. That being said, things like that, culture's memory is very long, mm -hmm. right? So there's there's a number of sort of key moments in Grammy history that act as sort of black eyes in the evolution of the show and the organization and the brand. That's one that I had to deal with and it would come up from time to time. And even though it was before my time, I had to address it. That as well as other issues and challenges with the Grammy process and Grammy performances and who won, who should have won, who shouldn't have won, all of that controversy, it's all part of the same overall engaged conversation. Yeah, I, I would say the black guy there, and this is just my opinion, and we're just having a conversation. I don't know how much it goes on the Grammys, although I remember they performed that night at the Grammys and obviously weren't singing originally. But as far as them winning the awards, I don't know that that's the fault of the Grammys or the Recording Academy, that the fault of the people who were, I guess, producing this fraudulent material. But I understand certainly how you classify that as a black eye. What would you say, though, moving to more positive things? And you said that you've had to deal with, with things like that as a marketer. But what's your greatest skill as a marketer? What's made you successful, Evan Green, over the years? Because 16 years is a long time to have one job for people not familiar with the entertainment industry. What's your secret sauce? I think it's really the ability to connect the dots between people, ideas, partners, and creative. There's multiple constituents that really have to be respected and aligned so that the final product that comes out of the small end of the funnel is not only right, but compelling, dynamic, and over delivers on all expectations. So I would say it's the ability to connect those dots, the ability to see several steps ahead and into the future, and the ability to kind of identify where the challenges, problems, and fires are going to come and try to be proactive to prevent them from ever having the opportunity to sidetrack us from the real objectives at hand. So professionally, you credit your ability to connect the dots, but I've lived in L.A. twice, worked in sports broadcasting for 15 years, which is a form of entertainment from being a host to a 
game reporter, courtside at Laker games, Super Bowls. I worked uh, formerly for Sporting News Radio in LA. We were the USC station when they had, uh, when Paul Allen, the late Paul Allen owned it, and they had you know Reggie Bush, Pete Carroll, Matt Leinart were winning championships. I've also been a former FM DJ and TV host, so I have a familiarity a bit of the entertainment industry. Since you graduated Colorado Boulder, you've spent your career in the entertainment industry, film and music. It is an extremely tough business, some may say a brutal business. So congratulations on not just your success, but at doing it at such a high level in a field where there are many, many people vying for so few jobs. What is it that drew you to the entertainment industry and what do you credit your personal ability to persevere and excel in such a competitive, sometimes brutal field? And just to expound on this, sometimes there are so few jobs, there's not always, you're not surrounded by positive people because they look at your success as their failure because there's so few jobs. So how have you been able to kind of be a nice person, stay successful? And I'm not saying nice is necessarily the key, but basically last and persevere in such a tough field. Well, you know, you had asked what drew me to, to the space to begin with. And it really comes down to one word. And that word is story. I think as we all are on one level or another, I'm drawn to a good story. And at my core, I consider myself a storyteller. And you can tell a good story in a 400-page novel, in a two-hour, three-act feature film, in a 30-minute television episode, a 30-second spot, or even a single frame. And I think the thing that connects and the thing that really drives me is the idea of not only identifying a good story, connecting with a good story, but being part of telling a good story. Stories that matter to people, stories that resonate, and stories that really people care about. And, you know, look, I think in LA, especially, we are a town of storytellers. And when you look at the, the people, the entertainment, the celebrities, the, the marketing campaigns, the brands that we all find ourselves drawn to, I think if you really drill it down to its finest element, we're all drawn to story. We're drawn to something that emotionally, emotionally connects us and emotionally engages us. And that to me is the bottom line. And if, if I'm part of a good story, there's no limit to the lengths that I'll go to make sure that that story is expanded on and resonates and really connects with people. Before we get back to Aria, one last one on the Grammys. It gives out album of the year. Artists still put out albums, but you oversaw the Recording Academy slash Grammys during a big time since the turn of the century where the music business changed going back to Napster and now we have Spotify and we have well, you know Pandora, Amazon Music, you name it, it's completely different than it was in let's say 1993. How did this affect the Grammys? Because I know artists now, they 
go on tours, they join festivals, that's the business model to get paid. A lot of it is less related around album sales. So how did that metamorphosis, that evolution going on over there kind of affect the Grammys, or maybe it didn't? Well, as an organization and an institution, the Grammys are not, we're not a record label. We're not a management company. Mm -hmm. We don't represent the artists or we don't represent the business interests of music. We represent the Recording Academy represents the creative interests of those who make music. And so the Recording Academy is a not-for-profit trade organization that advocates for artists' rights, intellectual property protection, and continues to seek ways that music makers can thrive and continue to make music and get paid to make the music that nourishes all of us. So when you talk about the changing business dynamic, that really was not an issue for the Recording Academy to tackle or be directly impacted by. What the Academy was impacted by was how those changes affected and impacted Recording Academy members. And we were there to support the members, not necessarily to try and fix the problems in the industry. Coming to present moment, and we're wrapping up here with Evan Green. He's the Chief Business Officer at Aria. He's the former Chief Marketing Officer of the Grammys, and he's the co-founder of three Emerald Marketing. You shared what's on the horizon for Aria. What makes Evan Green feel great about the direction you are heading, where Aria is heading, and what challenges lie in your path to conquer? It's an amazing moment to be part of culture right now. I mean, culture is shifting. Um, and the way that we engage with each other and the way business is being done and the way the markets are evolving is really exciting and dynamic. Relative to ARIA, we have an extraordinary vision, a team of next-level experts who are at the absolute top of their field, and we have an amazing tech stack. So when you combine all of this, nobody has what ARIA brings to market. I think, candidly, the challenge that we face is that we're growing almost too fast. The market has responded so overwhelmingly that we're scaling our infrastructure to meet the explosion in demand that keeps growing, and we're doing all of that in real time. I mean, it's, it's a double-edged sword, right? We didn't have the ability to slowly scale. The market just responded really aggressively. And so now we're growing and we're not only meeting that demand, but we're exceeding those, those needs and those expectations. But it's standing up an organization in a meaningful way while we're doing all of that. Evan, I really appreciate you taking the time. You have had a fascinating life and a fascinating career. Is there, uh, before I, yes, say thank you, I'll say it right now, thank you. But is there anything regarding Aria you want to share with the listeners to just gather more information or learn more, check out what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I think if you go to www.thearianetwork.com, I think you'll be very intrigued by what we're doing, 
by the technology that we have harnessed and by the experiences that we're delivering to market and frankly, the disruptive nature of what we're doing. So I'm super bullish on the future on, on a lot of different fronts. Specifically, I think Aria has an extraordinary amount of runway in front of it. And, uh, you know, I think the sky's the limit in a lot of ways. Well, thank you very much, Evan. And uh, that's going to wrap things up. Again, I want to thank Evan Green. He is the chief business officer at Aria. He's the former chief marketing officer of the Recording Academy, also known as the Grammys, which he ran for 16 plus years. And he is the co-founder of Three Emerald Marketing. So that's going to do it. For today's episode, I am Evan Makovsky, and we will see you on the next one.